Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, Matt Donald here. Just letting you know once again at the top of the show that I have a Patreon. I don't know why I say it in such a glorious fanfare. Everyone has a Patreon at this point. We all have Patreons. You have a Patreon. I have a Patreon. Your Uncle Phil has a Patreon. If you want to support my Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash matthewdonald. There you'll find bonus content for my two shows, The Ritwit and Paleobites. For Paleobites, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals, and this month we're talking about Aquaman. Yeah, it has some prehistoric creatures in it. It's got some Tylosaurus. It's got some pterodactyls. It's got some long necks kind of just grazing in the background in one shot. Some little dinosaurs on the beach. It's got dinosaurs, man. It counts. It's just a really good movie, though. I really wanted to talk about Aquaman. Anyways, link is in the description for where you can sign up to the Patreon. Oh, by the way, the link is in the description if you're listening to it on Libsyn.com, like paleobites.libsyn.com. If you're listening to this from Apple Podcasts, it's not on there. But otherwise, link is in the description. Thank you for your support, and have a wonderful day! Roar, growl, snarl, bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that burns more fossils than the oil industry. My name is Matthew Dahl, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by someone who adventured so hard yesterday that they have stitches, although that wasn't from yesterday, it was from an old thing, but <laughs> but the stitches opened up because they adventured more so hard. <laughs> Natasha Crack, how are yes, you? Yes, I was patching my moccasins this morning, and these are low quality target moccasins <laughs> that I've made live longer than they probably should. Yeah. Man though, you 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 have some <laughs> You go on some adventures. <laughs> I, I do, and I plan to go on more. <laughs> you know, live the adventurous life. I need to be more adventurous. So as a kid, I was so much more adventurous than I am now. I would climb trees. I could go way, way high up, as high well, as I I've could. Well, I've got a few places in mind to help you start getting some of that adventurous spirit yeah, back. Yeah, like I, I jumped off cliffs into oceans. Like the, I've done that into rivers. Yeah, like, oh, rivers. See, that's way less. that's way more shallow. I wouldn't do that, but like... The particular eddy that I was doing that into, though, yeah. uh, even with a life jacket, they've had people try to reach the bottom and they couldn't. Oh, well, of the in current. that case, that's okay. That's, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just, oh man, I was. Uh... But believe you me, I've got a spot in mind to help kickstart that adventurous spirit while staying in the front country. <laughs> 
and it's a favorite trail of mine in a tiny mining town. Ah, yes, yes, where the gold is. Yes, yes. still a gold mining town to this day. Nice. This trail is called the Vindicator Valley. <laughs> because someone said, there's no gold in there, and someone else was like, yes, there is gold in there, and I can prove it. He went in there, he found the gold, and he was like, Vindicated! <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's the name of the most famous mine there. Uh, uh, many of those buildings still stand, actually. Cool. Uh, is it like a museum place sort of now, like an outdoor sort of... It is, like, to a degree. To They've got preserve. a lot of historic signs. They do a lot of historic preservation Yes. on this particular trail. It's in a tiny, tiny town, though. It's a tiny town called Victor, which is part of the Cripple Creek Mining District. Right, right. Lots of good museums down there, people. Nice. Lots of good museums. I need to go there. There's probably a lot of cool stuff there. And yes. Yes, I know. You're, you've always been like, I'm going to take you one of these days. I'm yes. going to grab you <laughs> by the neck and just be like, you're coming with me to this place. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I well, I also want to provide you some inspiration for some of your upcoming novels. Yes, and yes, yes. There's a way to get up close with old mining machinery in a safe way. Yes. The one, there is one real element of danger to this trail, though. Yes. Because the area has been so heavily gold mined for the past 100 years, um, there is likely tunnels underneath the trail. Oh, no. So if you... If and you... occasionally they do close the trail because the modern mining company who owns the pit mine that straddles both Cripple Creek and Victor occasionally does some blasting. Okay, so you could walk and then the ground could go underneath and you could just fall into one of these tunnels? or Realistically, that is a, something you deal with when you deal with old gold mining towns. Ah, see. They have tunnels blocked off that are apparently uh, slightly accessible. I say slightly because they're blocked off. On the surface. See, I'm going to. I'm so cautious now. I'm not nearly as. I'm going to use a drone to go through there and just look at a camera through there. A drone would be the only safe. A drone or a remote control vehicle of some kind is yeah. the only safe way to deal with an old mine shaft. Otherwise, stay out, stay alive. Okay. Old okay. mines can kill you in multiple ways. Yes, yes, yes. No, exactly. I'm not. I'm not doing that. But you know, <laughs> you know. So okay, here's the way I'm going to segue into what we're talking about here. So, uh, you know, gold, you know, we were talking about gold mine, you know, a lot of times, uh, ancient Kings would wear golden crowns, like for sort of to show their Royal personage or something. And what are we talking about? But the Royal horn face itself, Regaliceratops. Interesting creature. Indeed it is. And so many interesting depictions <laughs> of how its frill looked. Man, it's, it's frill was something else. We'll, we'll get to it though. Uh, type, it is a, a chasmiosaurine ceratopsid, the family of horned dinosaurs that includes Triceratops, Taurosaurus, Ch Chasmosaurus, and the bit self-congratulatory Bravo Ceratops. <laughs> uh, easy there, big guy. <laughs> uh, all right, it is 16 to 18 feet slash 5 to 5.5 meters long, 1.2 to 1.5 tons. Uh, so, you know, about the size of a rhino. You know, not like like elephant size, like some of those ones like Triceratops could get, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, still like as big as like anything pretty much on like any horned creature on the savannah of now. Uh, it was an herbivore, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> it would still be an impressive sight to see nonetheless. Uh, although I have heard some people stipulate the theory that uh, the Ceratopsians uh, were like omnivores, kind of like pigs, because they kind of looked a little, as well as looking like rhinos, they also kind of had looked a little bit like pigs. 
Well, that's an interesting one that I yeah, haven't heard there, before. There's, it's actually, it's more of a hypothesis because there's no evidence for it, but it's an interesting sort of thing. Interesting hypothesis. If any evidence does come out for it, that'll make things very interesting. Although, you know, scavenging old bones for the calcium yeah, that could, probably that's... wouldn't be unheard of. Yeah, some, didn't you say, I think at one point, some deer do that? Like... I've heard of deer doing it. Yeah, so even if you're actually a full-blown herbivore, there probably would some cases, cases like, I really need the protein and the calcium. Here's a carcass. Here goes nothing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so, as much as plants are very nutritious, they some of them, in certain areas, just lack certain nutrients. Yeah, they're, they're mostly just carbohydrates, so mm-hmm. you need the protein somehow. Uh you need protein powder. You know, that's what they should get those things that vegans use. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that one. Let me make the shakes that are just as healthy. <laughs> and they say, and also they give them to their animals because that's not cruel at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most animals that you keep as pets are not herbivores. Nope, nope. Some of them, like cats, are full-blown carnivores, too. Cats are obligate carnivores. They have to have a meat-based diet. Yes. All right, for Galliceratops, time, late Cretaceous, 70 to 67 million years ago, just 1 to 2 million years away from that meteor. It knew exactly when to be like, I'm out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys deal with that big space rock that's coming. I'm just going to peace out beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and good on you, Galliceratops. <laughs> Uh, location, Alberta, Canada. That's quite a common uh, locale for this uh, for this podcast. There's a lot of good fossil beds in Alberta. Uh, man, there's certain places where it's just things just pre- preserve so well. Indeed. And, well, and I guess it's to be fair, it's also you got to get to the the port, a place where the rock layer has been pushed up enough for us to access it. Because I'm assuming probably anywhere in the world. Except for maybe the bottom of the ocean. There's <laughs> although maybe some for the bottom of the ocean actually for some but anywhere in the world there are fossils. But the problem is some of them are so deep because yeah. they've been building up for millions and millions of years and no other layer has pushed them up like some other places that we'll never get to them. Yeah, and that's what's fun about the fossil record is we will never know fully the diversity of life that's existed on Earth. Yeah, that's a bit sad. There'll be it's a lot. Sad. There's a lot of dinosaur species we'll never have heard about because they never, none of them had fossilized. Because fossilization is so rare. So, and yet that's surprising considering the number of fossils we do have. Yeah, I know. And there's some dinosaurs that we only have a few bones of, and there are some like Coelophysis where we have hundreds of complete skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Uh, so uh, it was described in 2015, pop culture appearances. There's a bit of a reverse example here, as a specimen was given the nickname Hellboy for its <laughs> horns and how difficult it was to remove from the rock layer. So instead of a pop culture appearance of the animal, the animal itself features a pop culture appearance. Does that count? Yeah, we'll have to count it because it is such a new species. Although there is another one, if it doesn't count. It does appear on an episode of Dinosaur Train, you know, that preschool aim CGI show. Yeah, this show that we put on to entertain my dogs to help deal with the barking. Yeah, you know. Even though it's a CGI, uh, like a uh, preschool aim show, uh, it introduces kids to a lot of weird dinosaurs. So good on it. Like, there's an episode that also introduces a Masiakasaurus, which is one with like big teeth on the front. You know, it's pretty. And he calls him Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Original much? (laughs) I don't know what they call the Regaliceratops. Maybe hopefully something like hopefully it's a girl and they call it Regina, you know, because <laughs> that means queen or Regis, I guess, is the male version. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, so, ceratopsian hordes were quite varied. Some had three horns, some had one horn, some had many horns, some had sp- more spikes on the frill, some had no horns but enlarged noses, so on and so forth. There's so many. <laughs> I mean, there's monoceratops, diceratops, triceratops, tetraceratops, and pentaceratops. One horn, two horn, three horn, four horned, and five horn face. That's what those all mean. <laughs> Although Monoceratops is actually Monoclunius, Diceratops is a junior synonym rather than its own genus, Tetraceratops is a Permian synapsid and unrelated to Ceratopsians, and Pentaceratops actually had three horns and they just called that because they mistook its prominent cheekbones for extra horns, so really none of those count other than Triceratops. <laughs> but still, I wanted to make that joke. One, two, three, four, five. I mean, <laughs> interpretations on paleontology do change on a regular basis. That's true. When's it going to be a Hexaceratops? <laughs> or a Septaceratops? Who knows? Six or seven horn face. Octoceratops. Ceratops. Who knows? How would that even work? Uh, yeah, okay, Octoceratops. You have, you, you know how Triceratops has uh, that would know, be a a bunch one horn, of horns one on, one horn on, on each brow and then one horn on the nose. This one would have two horns on each brow and then two horns on the nose, kind of like uh, uh, like a um, a rhino, you know, one on the front and one on the other one. And then it has two prominent frill horns. <laughs> I mean, why not at so, this point? Is that, is that eight? Did I count that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, yes, I did. <laughs> so I just point to each different part of their head they'd be. Octoceratops. I'm going to discover this. <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, uh, you just find an octopus species that had little triceratops-like horns on it. <laughs> Why not at this point? The ocean holds all kinds of weird stuff in the first place. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That'd be fun. Octos. Some of which seems to have survived the dinosaurs. Octoceratops. Or you could just go out polyceratops. <laughs> <laughs> just so many horns. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, is interesting because while it had the classic three horn structure of triceratops, you know, two brown, ho- one brown horn, on one horn on each brow and one nose horn, although be it's having far less prominent brown horns. But what is interesting about Regaliceratops is it's frill spikes. Uh, they were much rounder than the frill spikes of, say, say Styracosaurus, and they were more akin to plates than true spikes. Uh, their shape and structure along the frill reminded paleontologists of a crown, and thus they named it Regaliceratops, or Royal Horn Face. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the thing, it looks like a crown. Yeah, yeah. yeah I that. almost think they still could have called with something a little more solar, but you know. Yeah, like Corona. There actually is a Coronasaurus. Actually, it's Coronosaurus. Uh, and I think that I think it's named after like Corona, like the the, the sun, titan. The, the titan. Or no, the, that's Chronos or 
There is a Chronosaurus, actually. It's a it's a Pliosaurus. It's a water dwelling thing. <laughs> but no, Coronosaurus. I don't know. Ah, they could have a lot of fun. You they know? could be a Solarsaurus, <laughs> just <laughs> or Heliosaurus. Helio would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, sure, it would sound like a Pokemon because there's a Pokemon called Helioptile. Oh, that makes sense. Sun reptile. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's an electric type. It's an electric. The sun's not electric. Yeah, long story with that one. <laughs> uh, you know, one time I was thinking of a story, and it had a bunch of uh, dragons or other flying uh, mythical creatures, and they were the main inhabitants of the world. And I was like, I want to have a lot of variants, so I'm going to have some phoenixes. And not only gonna, there's going to be some fire phoenixes, there's also going to be snow phoenixes or ice phoenixes. I've heard stories where people have yeah used ice phoenixes before but then i was also going to have electric phoenixes <laughs> why not although fire is a classic element for yeah. the phoenix yes across yeah. many mythologies yes yes it is indeed uh man uh but so uh th- there's actually a lot of animals uh, I've previously covered on this show that would have lived alongside this dinosaur so these are the ones that, that actually have their own episodes that uh I've I've already made that um, might have lived with a Galliceratops. Um, Pachycephalosaurus, Dracorex, Albertosaurus, Edmontosaurus, Stiggy Moloch, Atrociraptor, Pachyrhinosaurus, and Struthiomimus. Uh, they either lived at the same time and place or, or very close to the same place, meaning it could have potentially been living with all of them at once. And what an interesting ecosystem that must have been. <laughs> you know, any prehistoric ecosystem would have been interesting to live in. Yeah. <laughs> it would almost be like stepping onto an alien world for right. most of us. Especially like the farther back you go, mm-hmm. like like the Carboniferous period, where the the air is there's so much oxygen in the air that it'd actually be pretty toxic to us. It would be oxygen toxicity for us pretty quickly. And then if you go even further back, you got like uh, the you know the Ordovician or the Cambrian, where there's no or hardly any life on land. So therefore, there's much less carb, much less oxygen, much more carbon dioxide because there's no plants to filter it. So not yet. Nope. But yeah, even even this, you know, it's just like, it's weird to think about. We all think that walking with dinosaurs would be cool, but more likely... Walking with dinosaurs is cool. Have you seen that? <laughs> Have you seen that documentary? <laughs> no, no, but you mean the act of walking yeah, with dinosaurs. Yeah, the idea of it is really awesome, but I think we'd all mistake our own planet for an alien world. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and on this time, it was like they're, the, most of the plants would be sort of the same. Like you'd have broadleaf trees, you have deciduous trees. Finally, you had some conifers, like monkey puzzles. There, there wouldn't be any grass. Some similarities. So the the grass would wouldn't be there. I mean, there was grass in the late Cretaceous. Now we found that, but it was confined to India at the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but so in North America, where this was, there would be no grass. And that'd but there be would weird. have been something, some sort of greenery for uh, the th- It'd be fern prairies is what that would make up the prairies. It'd just be a whole field of, like, just ferns or, like, just fields of ash and dirt. But with no, yeah, like, grass changed the game in terms of plant, prominent plant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, ferns are awesome. They're hardy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're even great house plants. Yes, they are. I wouldn't trust myself with having real plants. If I were to have a home with a bunch of plants, they'd all be plastic. <laughs> eh, there are some plants that are actually not that hard to take care of. Bamboo, yeah. if you grow it in water, you basically ignore it. Oh, well, that's good. And make sure that there's water in it every so often. And mm. that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Aloe vera. Oh, you want to talk hard to kill. <laughs> Aloe vera. The more you ignore it, 
the be- happier it seems to be. Oh, it's like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure to water it once every couple weeks, or even <laughs> the bigger it is, once a month. Uh, okay. Uh, and it'll grow fast, and you'll have to transplant it <laughs> relatively quickly. <laughs> uh, the only that... way to kill aloe is really too much watering. <laughs> I get that. Uh, that's what I'd do. I'd either water it too much, or I wouldn't water it enough. Like, I... Plastic. Plastic's the way to go for me. You can't kill plastic. It's already dead. <laughs> so, uh, but, so, there's not really much more to cover on this creature, of Regaliceratops. It's kind of a one-trick pony, that trick being its horns. But then again, that's true for the majority of Ceratopsians. Like, true. Like, they, they're all kind of the same except for their horn structure. Like, what's your preference? Round spikes or pointy spikes? No horns or five-plus horns? Gimmicky frill adornment or standard frill adornment? Whatever flavor you're craving, at least one member of this family has got you covered. So, that's, so let's do this creature justice by rating it one out of 65 million and everyone's favorite part of the show. Uh, uh, know, you like, know, because it's kind of a one-trick pony, mm-hmm. I'd say let's give it a fair... 30 million? 30 million. I'm going to go a little bit higher, 35 million, because it does look really cool. It looks cool, but it is kind of a one-trick pony. It is. Well, you know, that's true of a lot of creatures, to be fair, but but also, like, I don't know. I'm going to give it, like, 35 million. I think a little bit higher, just because, I don't know, like, if, if it were to pop up in a Jurassic Park movie or something, if it were to pop in some movie in the background that wouldn't identify it, it would still be e- instantly recognizable. It would be very recognizable. So you'd be like, oh, that's a Regaliceratops. So that's pretty cool. Um... Uh, but yeah, so okay, so you're gonna give it thirty, I'm gonna give it thirty five. So that's I mean millions. It's not that yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. We're not rating it below the Velocipaster. Oh uh, yes, yes. because yeah, we just recorded that. Although this is going this episode is gonna come out months after the Velocipaster one. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, people will remember that. All right, well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at mattd at matthewdoncareer.com. You can follow me on social media at matthewdoncareer on Facebook, at matthewdon64 on Twitter, and matthewdon64 on Instagram. Uh, you can, if you want to support this Shrek, <laughs> for monetarily speaking, I have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash matthewdonald. And as Natasha there just m- noted, noted, we talk about priestor gambles and popular culture, and the one we did recently Although not recently in terms of when this episode comes out. We've done far more since then. But one of the ones we did was Velocipaster. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good stuff. (laughs) Man, I also have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. Natasha here did the illustrations. Pretty good stuff. Dinosaur sci-fi. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) 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 Pew, pew, roar. <laughs> that's how you, you say the sound effects. That's how you automatopoeic eyes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Megazoic. Uh, also, have another podcast called The Rit Wit, where two twits talk about ritting. Me and another guy, Matt David. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great, actually. He's a good guy. All right. Well, that's it for this week. As I say at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites, uh, uh, we sound like the. Mystics and dark crystals. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.